Heavenly Father, Father, we worship you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. God, I thank you for the time of worship. But God, as Brooke prayed, our worship doesn't stop. Our worship continues. Because worship is just sitting at your feet. Whether that is singing, whether that is praying, whether that is hearing from you. He said, do all to the glory of God. So Father, we ask for your presence. We ask that you send your Holy Spirit in power. Fill my mouth with your words and none of my own. For Father, my own words this morning would be heavy. But I know that you want something different. So Lord, we trust you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. The fullness of time is a very interesting phrase. But the Lord's been using that phrase lately in conjunction to what he's doing. And I, I can't I can't tell you that I fully understand what it means in full scope. But I can tell you what I know it means in terms of how it's applied to what he's been telling me. We are in the fullness of time. We have begun this process of readying the bride. Because even though... (laughs) We have not gone outside these walls necessarily, you know, or outside the walls in in Nigeria. What God is doing in his ready bride, there are are no walls that can contain that. And what I am seeing more and more of is this fullness of time for the bride is what the letters to the seven churches in Revelation have to do with. And <laughs> there's so much he's telling me about that, that that I am just proving out. And trying to discern what I am allowed to tell and what I am not allowed to tell. But this morning, he was very specific in what he wanted me to do. Because this is the first of a process. It is the first of a process that is also in those seven letters. It is a process of cleansing. It is a process of making paths straight. It's a process... Beyond our church, I don't even like to call us a a church. I mean, I guess we are a church, but you know it's more than that. 
It's not even the process any longer of straightening individuals. For it is a process of straightening a nation. It is the process of straightening the bride. And I want to encourage you. Dive into Revelation 2 and 3. Dive into what that means. Dive into the layered meanings of what those letters indicate. Recognize that those letters were written from Jesus to us, to his bride. Not from the Father to Jesus, but from Jesus to his bride. When you understand that as a base level understanding of those two chapters, it's going to open up some things in your study that may never have been there before that might surprise you. But I do want to read out of one of the letters, and then we'll get into what the Lord has this morning. But it's the Church of Thyatira in chapter 2. And we've probably read through this, I don't know, many times. But there's a little bit different application today. Because again, as I said, God has moved on from cleansing of a body of believers to taking the authority into cleansing this very nation. I just want to read, beginning at... uh, Let's just read the entire letter, beginning of verse 18. And this is to the church in Thyatira. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, the words of the Son of God, who is eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works. This is, this is Jesus speaking to the church. Okay, recognize that right off the bat. I know your works. Your love and faith and service and patient endurance. And that your latter works exceed your first. In other words, you're growing in your faith. You're moving in the, in the literal outcome of your faith because you're growing in that faith and service and enduring through it. Verse 20. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and deducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food, sacrifice titles. See, it wasn't just about the sex. It was about the idolatry. It was about the eyes that were taken off God and placed on the things of this world. Verse 21. I gave her time to repent. But she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed. And those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart. And I will give to each of you according to your works. I want to stop there a second because I want you to recognize something. This has not happened yet. 
Okay, this on a grand scale. On a scale larger than an individual scale has not happened yet. Because Jezebel has run rampant. She runs rampant over the entire earth. She affects the very bride that is supposed to be readied for Christ. Now, don't have a myopic view of who Jezebel is. Because we think, well, okay, everything about Jezebel is everything to do with sex. No, it's not. It's not. That's one of her tools, but it's not about the sex. It's about the diversion and diverting eyes from the truth to a lie. That's what Jezebel does. That's what he said. Now, she uses tools to do this, but what is her main goal? It is to get people or his church, his bride, to take their eyes off of Jesus Christ and to place them on the idols of this world. Now, don't be myopic when it comes to what that means. That could be your career. That could be your relationships. That could be a game. We have... Mostly young people here, that could be a game. could be a video game. could be anything. Anything that takes our eyes off of Jesus Christ is what she does with her tools. Now, recognize what he says here. I gave her time to repent in verse 21, but she refuses. Behold, I'll throw her onto a sickbed. In 2,000 years the influence of the Jezebel spirit has only grown. It has not been placed on a sickbed, like what verse 21 says. It has not been placed on that sickbed, and, and her children were not, were not taken as far as their lives, and, and those who follow her, their lives have not been taken. Yes, certainly we, we can point to many aspects where a person's life Good example is uh, what's the guy who was in prison and well supposedly killed himself, although he didn't. Uh, Epstein. Epstein. There's a, there's a good example right there. I'm not talking individually because individually that's the case, but he is speaking of a spirit over a nation. He is speaking of a spirit over his church. This is a broader sense. And up till now, this has not happened where she has been placed and bound and placed on a sickbed. Verse 24. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast until I come, and only hold fast what you have until I come. Now, verse twenty-six is extraordinary to me, and again, this has not happened. To the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. 
as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from the Father. Recognize this is not talking about Jesus Christ. Because it is Jesus Christ who is saying it to you and to me. He is saying it to His bride. He's saying to any of you who conquer and who keep my works until the end, you will be placed in a place of authority. Over who? Over nations. Now I have to tell you where I used to sit on this verse, and and for that matter on these letters. I used to sit that these promises are fulfilled in the millennium. And that's certainly going to be the case. I mean, Jesus Christ himself is going to come and reign for a thousand years. That is the fulfillment of every prophecy over Israel. Because Israel will become the focal point of the earth. And Jesus Christ from Jerusalem, he will reign over all the earth. But that's not what these are talking about. These are talking about the Gentile. These are talking about the world as we know it right now. And I'm not going to get into that too much. I'll let you study it. But understand that what he wants from you, what he wants in your life, is now. It's not later. It's not in the hopes of what you will get in the millennium or in the afterlife. It is to work through you right now. And it has to happen because the readying of the bride, Revelation 3.9, requires it. He will not work any other way. So, this past week, I think I told you last Sunday, this past week was held something very special. And I didn't know if he was going to have me share this this morning or not, because I didn't know if... I mean, I knew it wasn't in stealth because the enemy was there, so he knew everything that, that went down. But I thought perhaps maybe it was supposed to be something held in secret so people didn't know. But then yesterday he didn't have me say it in the gifts meeting because I, I knew that you guys could know. And then, then he told me last night that he wanted this online. And there's a purpose for that. So I said, okay, Lord, can you confirm that for me? And he did this morning, over and over again, actually. But this past Thursday, we went to court. We went to a new court. This was the second time I've been in this court. The first time, you were with me. The first time we went into this court was on a Sunday morning. Right? And it was to... Ask forgiveness for ignition. For authorities that have been allowed to be in. And we were cleansed before this new court. And this court is called the Court of Nations. This is the third court I've been in. But this one's different. And so we knew that there was a series of trials coming up in the fall. We've known this for a couple of months. And I've told you about it. And I told you about it last week, that the first one was this past Thursday. 
And this one, now, he, he has not told us, like, how they all lay out. And, and in part, he told us because he doesn't want the enemy to know ahead of time. So, I knew maybe two weeks ahead what this court session was going to be about, but I didn't know the evidence until literally a couple days and even more so the day before. But Thursday, we went to the Court of Nations. And we went there on behalf of taking to court the spirit of Jezebel that is over this nation. And effectively, anything over this nation, recognize something. That's an influence to the world. So it's not just this nation. And and also, it, it is more this region, if you will, for lack of a better term. So that's what we did Thursday. We, we went to court. And what the Lord wants me to do is to share with you the transcript of it. Now in this, I think part of the reason why he wants me to share it, and, and perhaps he'll say some things afterwards, is because it's a warning. It's a warning. Now, yeah, I'll let that play out. I'm just going to go through, and I'm going to read the transcript of this and try and explain as best I can. Now, now, by the way, you, you all, most here have been through the courts, right? And the court of, we call that one the court of accusations, and it's it's a personal court. Um, this one is kind of the same, but a little different. The room is very different. Um, but the purposes are also very different. Like in the court of accusations, um, I, through the court, question the accusers. In this one, there are no accusers on the other side. Uh, technically, I am the accuser. I am accusing Jezebel of what she has done. So that's what's different about this court, is we're not going in on defense. We are going in on offense. Does that make sense to everybody? And I know some online are like, what? That's okay. We are going in on offense in this, and you could effectively think of my role as as a prosecutor in this. Because what we do is it, we went in and I laid out a case, and you'll see that unfold as I read this. Keeping in mind, I had not done this before, so you might recognize some verbiage on that as well. When we first were asking to go in, I'm going to just read word for word what's in the transcript. Father, we worship you and we praise you. Thank you that you are fun. And that was because of some things that (laughs) he was teasing me earlier. Um, Thank you that you are fun. Relationship with you is fun. It's desirable. We are here because we desire for everyone else to have what we have. And what they can have, 
the same thing with you that is a I'm sorry, and that they can have the same thing with you. That is our desire, because you are our love. Father, in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood, I ask entrance into your court of nations. Shannon then spoke and said, I see these large doors. They are made of etched metal. They have large rings of metal for each door. They have more of a silver color to them. They are very heavy looking, very sharp, very rough. Honestly, they're kind of intimidating. They are just as tall as all the other doors, about 300 feet tall, with iron studs all around the edge. I asked, have they been opened? Shannon said, I hear them opening. They are massive. A line of six people could stand behind each other, and that's like the thickness of one door. A gust of wind is collected when they are just moving. Yes, they are opened. I said, let me know when we are all in. She said, we are all dressed in various types of armor, different styles and different metals. I said, describe what you see inside again. I see shined pure gold that you can see your your reflection in. I see the scales, one made of gold, one made of silver or steel, one made of iron. There is a very large one made of many different metals, expertly crafted. And these are the the justice scales, if you know what those are. These are separate scales, and the order in which I have listed them is the smallest to the largest in size. The last scale towers over the courtroom. The room is all metal. Everything is heavy and solid. I see the balconies. There are many here to watch the proceedings. The Father's throne is also metal. He is wearing pure white robes, but almost translucent. His gavel is very heavily gilded. It also is made of many metals. And up in the balconies, it had a balcony for each nation. Each nation was represented in the balconies, and I said... Can you describe the balcony of America? Shannon said, there are more people there than last time I saw it. I see the bronze flag. I still see chairs that haven't been filled. That's all I see. I said, Father, I ask as we begin for permission for us to worship you and to sing before your court so that all might hear and see in whom we believe and in whom we love. I ask this in Jesus' name. The Father said yes, and we sang. I said, we worship you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you for allowing us to be here. We thank you for the authority and the right that you have allowed us to bring this case to trial. So, Father, I ask that you allow us to begin. But if there is anything you need to say that I need to be aware of, 
especially procedurally, since this court is new to me. I ask that you declare it in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father said, please begin. I said, thank you, Father. We ask that the spirit of Jezebel, who has infiltrated this country, the United States of America, be placed on trial. I ask that the spirit be summoned with whatever representation she has a right to. But I ask that she be placed on trial now. I ask in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The father said yes. I waited a moment and I asked Shannon, is she there? Shannon nodded yes. I said, is Satan there? Shannon again nodded yes. Father, I ask your permission to speak into the record. First Chronicles 16, verses 28 to 36, in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Father responded, read these laws in the presence of this court. I said, Father, I further declared that this is our heart as a representation of your bride. And this is my heart as a representation of authority in the human realm given over Abaddon that rules this nation in the spirit. Then I read the passage. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Say also, save us, O God, of our salvation. And gather and deliver us from among the nations. That we may give thanks to your holy name. And glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. From everlasting to everlasting. I said, Father, we submit this as our declaration. We do cry out for you to save us. For you are our salvation. Gather and rescue us from among the nations. And we will thank your holy name and rejoice and praise you. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. And ask that it be sent out to all the nations. Shannon then said, the gavel was struck, and the father said, continue. Father, I will make my preliminary submissions at this point. I ask that you pull out the books of this nation. Remind yourself of what you desire, of what your desire was for it. Of what your plans were for it. And Father, I would like to lay out how the enemy has come in to take advantage and how the enemy had the authority to do that. 
but how he literally stole the birthright of a nation through this Jezebel spirit. This spirit Jezebel found her way into this country. And all of this I submit in Jesus' name. This spirit found her way into this country through the film industry. And specifically by location through Hollywood. I submit this was not even your plan for Hollywood. For the two people who established Hollywood originally were Christians. They knew you as Savior, I believe. I assume that when it is written that they were Christians. But I can submit for sure that they wanted to build a place that lived in Christian principles. Not just freedom of any religion, but a utopia. In the words that I read of Christian principles. Harvey Wilcox and Deida Wilcox founded the original Hollywood on 160 acres. And then it was expanded after that. Father, their original intent of this land was for the people to know you. And it was shortly after Harvey died that a town of 500 people became overwhelmed by a town just seven miles away called Los Angeles, which had over 100,000 people. Hollywood did not have the resources that Los Angeles did. They didn't have the power or the mobility resources that Los Angeles had, so there was a vote. And this was after Harvey had died. Data voted against this, but this was back before women were allowed to vote. The vote was to be absorbed into the municipality of Los Angeles, and so they were. I submit that this was the very first breaking of a covenant with you, worrying about their own provision to be able to move forward. They settled for the authority of another. They were tempted and fell to that temptation. It was shortly after this that the very first film company came to Hollywood, and within a couple of years, all the other film companies came to Hollywood. This area was originally called Hollywood Land. It was at the point, it was at that point that Jezebel was able to see a medium to make her entrance because although film was brand new, sin was not. New to Hollywood was this actress named Audrey Munson. She broke a major barrier, becoming the first nude woman to appear in an American-made movie. One of the first things to be made using a film camera, period, was pornography. In this case, it was, recorded, it was a recording of a striptease in 1899, with the earliest record of a hardcore porn film done in 1908. Both of these were before Hollywood even had its first film studio. And those were done in South America. By the time that Munson was in California, there was already a stag film industry, possibly located in South America, but also definitely taking, taking advantage of the young girls moving to California. Munson's breakthrough was to be the first naked woman in a non-porn movie. Munson and her mother ended up staying with a wealthy doctor in Long Island. 
And Father, some of this I am going to speak by memory, but I present it as evidence nonetheless. That she made four movies specifically, and they were all movies that contained her nudity, but also had to do with art. That's why it was accepted in the mainstream. After a while, after moving back to New York, the wife of the doctor began, the doctor that they lived with, the wife of the doctor began to suspect her husband had fallen for this famous model. She kicked the Munsons out, and not long after the wife turned up, not long after that, the wife turned up dead. With the husband convicted despite his claims that burglars had done the crime. He then hung himself in his jail. Not long after things began to get bad for Munson, the fallout from the murder case had destroyed her career, and she and her mother returned to upstate New York, living in a town called Mexico. In 1922, she attempted suicide by poisoning herself. Once the center of attention, she began staying home, avoiding others. A series of barn burnings in her local town aroused suspicion. In 1931, she found herself in front of a local judge. He sentenced her to be incarcerated in an insane asylum, where she would spend the next 65 years. Audrey Munson died in 1996 at the age of 105. Father, I submit this as evidence, as entrance of the Jezebel spirit. I submit this as evidence not only to the beginning of sex in films and the influence that it has become, but I submit further evidence of her own life. That through her, a loyal man was brought out of the sanctity of his marriage. Through her, a murder happened because of that relationship. All of this I submit as evidence for the Jezebel spirit and her entrance into this country and her effectiveness on a large scale. I submit in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. And Father, this was a moment of clarification for me. And Father, I simply, as if, if you want me to stop at each point or if, I am to lay everything out at once. I, I didn't know. I assume you want me to stop at each point. I ask in Jesus' name. Then the father said that court receives this evidence. Does the defense have any rebuttal? The spirit of Jezebel speaks. What does this man's sin have anything to do with this nation? How can I be held responsible? Then the Father allowed me to speak, and I said, Father, I submit that it was the evidence of the influence of this Jezebel spirit. The evidence presented was over her entrance into this country and to the influence of this country. Father, influence is what we are talking about. Influence is what we are held accountable for. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. And the father stated if, and asked if the defense rests. Satan then motioned Jezebel to be quiet. 
There's nothing coming from their side at this point. And I said, Father, if I may, I will continue. Father said, please. From this point, you had the film industry grow through what was called the golden era of Hollywood, where the film companies had contracts with the actors and actresses. They owned them. And the work they had was through that contract. This is where the manipulation began, where the Jezebel spirit began to infiltrate the industry for the purpose of greed and lust, for the ungodly purpose of turning a machine of influence away from you. That machine of influence was film. That machine was where one voice, instead of being seen and heard by thousands, could now be seen and heard by millions. And literally, in today's world, be seen by billions. I submit Jezebel was contracted and sent by Satan and knew, and knew what she was doing. Understood the influence that this medium of conversation would bring. She understood the influence that sex would have on it. Lust, even the lust for power and control. All these things outside of the realm of your will. I submit that early on in the first budding days of Thomas Edison, the beginning of the first film company, or one of them, Jezebel saw her way into the back rooms of this country. A way to influence the control. So she went to work on people that wanted to get ahead in life, that wanted money, that wanted love, a false sense of love. Because they want, what they wanted was a sense of control and power. She used these people to gain control over others like the Jezebel gained control over Ahab. She gained control over these film companies who then manipulated control of their actors who manipulated ways to control their audiences that would receive the film. Father, I submit that it wasn't this brash, sinful extortion on the surface immediately, but it worked into that. For at the beginning, there was still morals, at least on a country level. There was still a semblance of understanding of God. There was still sin individually, but what she brought into this country was sin on a national level through this influence. And over the course of the last 100 years, she has taken that influence, and Hollywood has become the voice, not just of America, but has become the voice of nations. Every influence coming out of the enemy's mouth begins with or is in agreed with those voices that come out of Hollywood. I submit this as evidence. It is not a hard thing to see. I don't even know how Jezebel could speak against it because she understands her influence over the world. And now she is building this influence in other countries because her appetite for control is never satisfied. Father, I submit that those in Hollywood that have stood up for you, that have had relationship with you, that have stood up for what is right and what you want for this nation have been met with a heavy resistance. 
a crushing of careers, a stifling of provision. There is evidence after evidence after evidence of this, all manipulated by this Jezebel spirit that keeps at the forefront lust, power, and control. But Father, we don't have to go very far to be able to submit evidence that we know firsthand. I submit Alexis's evidence. And the time she spent in Hollywood. She went out there with the desire to be an actress and singer and she was met with opportunities that would be enticing to anyone pursuing that career. She was shown on film. She was given opportunities to sing and then it came down. If you want to go anywhere in this town, you'll sleep with me. Father, I submit this as evidence that they desired control over her, over her career, over her person. And she represents millions of actors and actresses that have gone through the same thing. I also submit that Satan through Jezebel tried to take her off course. But Alexis said no. And that was the end of her Hollywood career. So what at the time seemed perhaps as the world saw a failure, it is the very evidence of manipulation that I lay before you right now that is done by the Jezebel spirit who permeates Hollywood, permeates their leaders, actors, actresses, directors, producers, executives. Jezebel permeates them all. All of the power in Hollywood. In fact, I submit that Hollywood, through this Jezebel spirit, has the haughtiness to think they can propel anything. That's why they thought in the 2016 election that there was, that's where it all turned bad for them. I'm sorry, that's what they thought in the 2016 election, and that's where it all turned bad for them. Because now, Father, because you began to turn the tables, there are voices in Hollywood and the music scene, which is just as bad, It's the same mode of influence, filled with influence from the Jezebel spirit. But now you have some that are speaking out, turning to you. Most cases, to their own detriment. I submit examples of that in Kanye West, and Stephen Baldwin, and Justin Bieber. I submit in the case of Justin, that even when a decision is made and a love begins to sprout, the Jezebel spirit forces with the religious spirit because these demonic spirits never work alone. They work in gangs. And even in his example, he has been drawn to a church and specifically a pastor that has been infiltrated by this religious spirit this pastor who will compromise truth for the sake of influence. That, Father, I submit is the constant barrage that this Jezebel spirit has on those who desire to turn to you in these mediums of film and music, specifically out of Hollywood and what it represents. Lastly, I I will submit one more name as evidence. I submit the name of Jeff Bridges. 
This is an example of what Hollywood has produced under the influence of Jezebel. For just like Jezebel in the Bible, she has produced in Hollywood a following of those who look at many gods. Jeff Bridges is an example of that. He doesn't believe in you, but he believes ultimately in the human experience. I submit his leanings toward Buddhism, his friendships with Zen masters. And I bring his name up because of his recent article, which is what's going on with Donald Trump. And it's titled, should, Donald Trump should wake us up and make us stand up. In fact, I will read, if I may, what I had written down in my research of him. The father stated, yes. And I began to read. A lot of where Trump is leading at this is from Jeff Bridges. A lot of where Trump is leading us is disappointing to me. And rather than wallowing in our disappointments and throwing up my hands, I'm saying that we've got to get to work. Come on, guys. Let's create the kind of world that we see. If you don't want to go in that direction, then come on. Let's go in the other direction. I'm using it to inspire me to take action. My feelings politically are that there are some people on board with the idea and some people that aren't. To me, the people that aren't are inspiring me to get busy and put out my vision of how I think the world should be. With religious folks, there are many things that can draw people to take action. We should be custodians of our planet. Didn't the Bible say that? Whatever brings us to the party, man. But bottom line, we should engage not only by voting, and this is very important election coming up, but also personally. I've always thought of myself as a spiritually baked guy. I've always been interested in those kinds of things with the dude, which was one of his characters, there was a guy I was sitting next to at a dinner party, a guy by the name of Bernie Glassman. He's a Zen master. And he said to me, in certain circles, the dude is considered a Zen master. And I said, what? What are you talking about? I never talked about anything spiritual in that movie. And he said, it's still the modern day cones. He felt there were more modern day cones littered throughout the movie. Glassman and Bridges co-wrote the book, The Dude and the Zen Master, that analyzes the film through the prism of Buddhism. And by the way, that was his biggest film. Father, I submit that this Jezebel spirit produces an activism that is contrary to the word of God, that is contrary to who you are, that believes in many gods, that believes in themselves as God, just as Jezebel did in the Word of God, and then uses her influence to influence others, just as Hollywood uses her influence to influence others. Father, I remind you that you drew a line in the sand politically back in 2016 when Donald Trump was elected. If I may, may I read from Isaiah 45? Father said, yes. I read for thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, he is God, 
who formed the earth and made it, he established it. He did not create it empty. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I did not speak in secret in a land of darkness. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, you survivors of the nations. They have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idols and keep on praying to a God that cannot save. Declare and present your case. Let them take counsel together. Who told this long ago? Who declared it of old? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none besides me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, from my mouth has gone out in righteousness, a word that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. Only in the Lord it shall be said of me, our righteousness and strength. To him shall come and shall be ashamed all who were incensed against him. In the Lord all the offspring of Israel shall be justified and shall glory. And again, that was out of Isaiah. I then said, Father, you began this process when you brought Donald Trump into the office that he now presides in. That turned Jezebel on her head. They were confused. They didn't know what happened. The influence that Hollywood had over this nation, the spell that Hollywood had over the world, had taken a severe blow because of your anointed. So, Father, I submit that it is your will that the influence of Hollywood be destroyed, not just weakened, but destroyed, because she is led by the Jezebel spirit. And, Father, I would finally submit Revelation chapter 2, the church at Thyatira. But I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and is teaching and seducing my servants' practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. Father, I repent of any agreement of any acceptance of this Jezebel spirit by your bride and by this nation whom you have given me authority over. I repent for it in Jesus' name. I ask forgiveness in Jesus' name by the power of his blood. Father, you said in verse 26, the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from the Father. I submit, Father, Jezebel has been found out. The influence that she peddled in the most powerful medium that this earth has ever seen in film and music, she has peddled her influence through sex, through control, through love of money, through idols that are not gods at all. 
every one of them taking away from your name. This is the work of Jezebel. This country is to be free from her. Hollywood's voice under the influence of Jezebel is to die, to be cut off. As you declared in Revelation chapter 2, and the voice of that medium, I declare, is to be used for you. I ask, Father, that the Jezebel spirit be found guilty in this country, that her influence be crushed, bound, and cast to the abyss. I ask that the influence of that medium which you intended from the beginning would be taken up by those in relationship with you, those who love you, those who give you their voice, so that you hold those places of power in this human realm of America. I submit all this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Then the Father spoke. He said, Jezebel, do you have any evidence to contend with these presented here? You've heard the matters of many witnesses, testimonials, histories. Is there any contention? Shannon said, I see Satan speaking. He said, if I may, should not your children be held responsible for this? Do they not have the power to overcome? Or does not your word say no sin is uncommon to man? Have you not given them a way out? I submit that they should be held to account, not Jezebel. Can these who have gathered here stand in representation of those who have given her authority? The defense rests. I asked, may I speak, Father? He said, yes. I said, everyone is responsible for their own actions. But there must come a responsibility when you take action upon others. Father, you said in your word, when a little child was brought to your son Jesus, he said, for any that, anyone that would cause a little child to sin against you, or to make choices against you, it would be better for that person to have a millstone hung around their neck and be thrown into the ocean. Father, the argument that Satan is giving is ridiculous. Yes, that child is responsible for their own decisions. That's why we rear children. Just like every human is responsible for their own decisions. But it does not mean that there is not consequences to those who influence Great and heavy consequences. Father, I would further submit that the person arguing is the very person who started this in the beginning. I remind you, Father, of why you created us in the first place. You created us for relationship with you. That was stolen because of influence. Should Eve and Adam be responsible for their own decisions? Absolutely. And they are, as we are. But is there no responsibility held for the one who did the influencing? I submit what you have said in your word regarding Satan's ultimate destiny. He will be judged. He will be judged for everything he has influenced. He will be judged for every heart that he has turned away from you. He will be judged. And Father, I submit that this is the beginning of that process. All these demonic spirits must be held accountable for their choices. 
They are not God, even though they would like to think that they are. They are not. Their accountability is to you, Father, just as our accountability is to you. Father, I would remind you of your desire for relationship with your bride. I remind you in your word, you said that your desire is that none would perish, but that all would come to the saving knowledge of your son. And yet the influence of the enemy with many spirits, but in this case the Jezebel spirit, has drawn people into believing other gods. Gods that are not gods at all. Gods of money, control, power, influence. These are not gods. The sin is not only in the person who commits it, but in the influence of the one who let them down that path. Just like my salvation is not my own. It was my decision, my justification for sin, it was my decision, but it had nothing to do with my effort. It was the effort of your son who gave his life on the cross. It was his effort that facilitated my decision. I submit it is the efforts of Jezebel that must be held account, equally accountable for the influence of the decisions that have been made by Hollywood. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Then the father said to Satan, Is there no further evidence you can offer? Is there no other evidence you can offer to contend with these points? Then Satan said, You ask of me to hold to account Jezebel for those who have turned toward you. What of those who have not? whose authority they have given. To them also am I to relinquish this authority? The father then said, Jezebel, I find you guilty. I find the evidence of, I find the evidence certain of your guilt. You will be held accountable. If you have nothing else to offer, I will render a verdict. Satan then called for a recess. And that lasted for about 15 minutes. And we were called back in. The father spoke. He said, the defense has taken its first recess. We will proceed with this trial. I ask once more, have you any evidence to contend with these testimonials? Then Satan spoke and said, I ask for what is written, that they sleep in the bed they have made. Then the father spoke to me and said, My son, have you anything to say? I responded, I do, Father. I remind you why you created us in the first place. You did not create us for devastation. In fact, you sent your only son to die for the very sin that we commit that deserves the death that Satan is talking about. But, Father, I submit that you sent your Son for the sake of hope. And, yes, there will be many that don't accept your Son, and that grieves me. Father, I submit that in Revelation 2, it says, I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent. So, Father, I submit that these people only have only been under the influence of Jezebel. They've never had choices based on being out of that influence. And Father, not that they deserve it, 
but neither did I. I didn't deserve a relationship with you. I didn't deserve justification of my sin. I didn't deserve to stand here before you righteous because of the blood of your son. I didn't deserve any of that. But Father, I was given a clear choice. I ask that they be given a clear choice. Father, I remind you that you said it's your will that all would come to know your son and none would perish. But you have also said you hold me back on the 24th. Oh, I'm told. Sorry, I was typed wrong. But you also told me back on the 24th of October, quote, those who set themselves against me have marked themselves for destruction. So I submit this. You are sovereign. You are true. You see the truth for what it is. You see hearts. You don't just look at actions. You look at hearts. So those who have set themselves against you and have done so knowingly, outside of the influence of the Jezebel spirit or any satanic influence, then I submit, Father, mark them for destruction. But see how quickly a heart will turn when they really see your love. Not even your power, for your power is immense. It's undefinable. But your power is your love. And I submit that you have told me that ignition would be part of bringing a billion new souls to know you. I don't claim to know what all that means. And I don't even know if a billion is correct because if it's every one of those snowflakes that fell in that courtyard that day, maybe it's more than a billion. But Lord, many of those people are people that were under heavy influence of the enemy. I submit the witches who have turned to you as evidence. I submit Sandra and Ethan. I submit Adam, who is one of the more recent that is still on this earth. I submit Amon, who was born into Satanism. He was born for the purpose of destruction, and yet the influence of your love showed him truth. And he turned to you and gave his life to your son, even though it was the end of his own life. So, Father, I submit to you in your wisdom, for you know hearts. You know hearts that have been marked themselves for destruction. And you know the hearts that you want to give another chance to, a chance without the influence of Jezebel. And the Jezebel influence over this nation I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father said, are there any further statements? I said, the prosecution rests unless there are further statements from the defense. Satan said, there are none. The Father then spoke. Jezebel, you will be cut off. And I want you to pay attention to this. Jezebel, you will be cut off from your empire. You will be stripped of your influence. You will be bound before the authority of this court. You will have no voice. You will have no say. You will be set aside for a time that is not yet upon this earth. But like a bad in your influence over mankind is over. I will not tolerate your influence over this nation, over the United States, specifically referring to Hollywood. 
your like spirits, your sisters, your cohorts, they will stand down. Your resources will be taken from you. And those who say yes to you, those who agree to your deception will meet their fate. But those who waver, those who question your authority and who buck your yoke, you will not have a strong arm to subdue them. They will be given the power to overcome. I render a verdict of guilty on all accusations brought before me, and I, the Lord, will exact the justice required. Then the gavel went down. I said, thank you, Father. We submit to your will, and we desire your will. Although this was specific to Jezebel's influence in America, I know it will have an effect globally. And I ask for the quick advance of Jezebel everywhere. For the... It's typed out wrong. I ask for the same thing to happen to her everywhere, basically. I ask in Jesus' name. I also ask if I am supposed to bind and cast because I am unfamiliar with this court. Is there anything I need to do in Jesus' name? The father then said, she will not be cast, but she is bound. I said, Father, just in closing, do you desire me to read what is on my heart? Father said, yes. I said, it is out of Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Father, we exalt you among the nations, and we stand in agreement with your word. Do your will. Do your will. Thank you for allowing us to be here. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me say two things. First, when I was talking to the Lord about reading that, I said, okay, but they kind of know all this. I could put this on God Squad or something like that. And he said this was to be put out on the Internet. This was to be put out on Facebook. So although it certainly applies to you and you needed to hear it, it was more for those who needed to hear it online. And 
perhaps not even those right now, but those that will hear it. The other thing I want to say is this. I know this sounds fantastic. I know it seems funny. Be careful. Be careful because if truth is being hid from you, it doesn't make it not true. It just means it's being hid from you. God wants you to know the truth. The truth of his word. He said he is the truth and the truth will set you free. He's told me to declare a couple things. You're going to see changes. You're going to see dramatic changes. Specifically in Hollywood and in the music scene. You're going to see deaths. As much as that saddens my heart, and it does, but not as much as the devastation that has been caused by the people that the Lord chooses to take. And He will. I don't know when. I think you'll see it very soon. It could be weeks or months, but you will see it. And it will come out of the blue. Because the voice of Hollywood is changing. And I do speak this into the camera for those who will see this later. That influence that has been in Hollywood is different. I'm telling you, if you stand for the Lord, you will stand in strength. You will stand in support. Because this is his will. Don't be afraid. Because he demands courage. But fight. And the foundations of what the Lord intended for this country, they are coming about. That's what these court sessions are all about. We have another one on Thursday. Be in prayer for what the Lord has. And I know I know this perhaps was dry. Wow, have we been an hour and a half? Yeah. An hour and 20 minutes? Yeah. I guess I should have read faster. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, I, know, I know it could have seemed a little dry. I hope, I hope you understood what was really going on. But that's, that's the Lord's intent is for you to know. Because change is coming. Alex, come on up. I'm going to say something quickly and then I'm going to pray. And then I'm actually going to give it back to Greg for any announcements. Um, The reality of what just happened and what you just heard is Ephesians 6.12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the 
spiritual authorities or um, rulers of the darkness. And again, spiritual wickedness in high places. That may, like he said, seem fantastical, but it is the reality that Paul charged the Ephesian church to understand that our real war is in the unseen realm. And so, and I know that most people that hear our messages understand and believe in the unseen realm. But you have to understand that when God gives a strategy, how to go before his throne and plead your case against the enemy to find freedom, not just for yourself, but to intercede for freedom on behalf of others. It's a very real thing. It's a very powerful thing. Everything that happened is real. It will be proven in the human realm, and that is why God wanted it online today. So be confident in that, and if you ever struggle with that aspect of things, ask God to open your eyes. Ask God to give you the the spiritual strategies and the realities. There are forces at work, not for us to blame, but for us to understand that that is where the battle lies. Even if you're in a relational conflict, recognize that the real reality is that what you're struggling with at times is in conflict with what's on them. And oftentimes the battle is resolved in the spirit. That's why sometimes you can't just have a human approach to to a conflict. So I'm going to pray, and um, I want to close out the service, and then Greg will um, come back for a couple of announcements. So Father God, I thank you and praise you. God, I thank you that... You give us access to, to fight in this battle, Lord, in this war in the Spirit, God. That you, you give us ways to be overcomers and victors as we believe by faith. I thank you, God, that, that you said that we are more than conquerors. That you, you've told us that, that the weapons of our warfare are not human, but they are mighty through Christ Jesus, they are, they are of, of the spirit realm and they are so mighty because of Jesus to the tearing down of any strongholds that he builds in our lives. Thank you for that, God. I praise you for that. And I praise you, God, that when we fight the battles where they really are, we see the real lasting results. And, and you said, Lord, Lord and, and I praise you, Jesus, for these, these words that mean so much to me in John 8, 32, that when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Not just the truth in principle, because you said, I, am the, I Jesus, am the way, the truth, and the life. So that when we know you, Lord Jesus, in relationship, we will be free. Because that knowledge, that relationship, that, that walking in that place of abiding brings freedom. So I thank you, God. I thank you for what we're going to see. I thank you for leading us into this, this level of intercession on behalf of this nation that was founded to be one nation under one God, you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Father. I ask for the wisdom and revelation of the next case that you will uh, have us fight for, Lord, and that you will give us strategy, as I know you will. Thank you for that. We praise you, God, and we believe you, Lord. How can, we, how can we stand and say we believe the word of God and the exceeding abundantly above all that you promise in Ephesians 3.20 if we won't by faith believe these battles in the spirit realm?
Help us to believe, God. We trust you. We thank you, God. You are God. You are mighty. You are holy. We love you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.